There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh. It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken. Mm. Pico de gallo. Purple cabbage. And new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay. With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Look, man. Where? Oh, I see. Wow. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh, culture? Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. I'm looking at my girl whose roots, they're they're not even coming in. Your hair is sitting. This is the thing. The roots are sort of like slow fade on the initial growth. And then, and just like that, the roots will come in. (laughs) And just like that. So, and then this is is my impression of my roots in about a week. Hey, it's Che Diaz, AKA your roots. AKA, they're going to be a national topic, okay? We Should we do a Che Diaz update now? Or I, I feel like we need to get, get our guests in. I feel like our guests will have a lot to say. But I mean, I, look, our guest is truly like a contributor to the conversation. So I'm not going to... The guest? We're certainly guest not going to start a conversation with that. Yeah, absolutely. So should we just do housekeeping personal check-in before we yes. get the guest in here? So your roots are... I, I think that when... I can actually start to see them poking out now. Right, and but I in, think in a tasteful way. In a tasteful way. And I have to say, you know, I actually think that they are going to enhance the look. We'll see about that. I just think my hair is too short in order for the roots to be like you know, to hit a nice golden ratio 
ever. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is this is the one time it'll look good. Um, housekeeping. Speaking of which, I have own my own yee lit. <gasps> you have your own yee lit. I have I my have own yee lit. My own yee is across the room from me right now, and it is the four wick Zen Wen. And it's gigantic. It is the size of like a baby. It's a like, big it, baby. And can I tell you, I ordered two, and the way I had to sort of like get my workout in carrying them down the hall because I ordered one for me personal and then one for Sudi Green. Personal as well. Personal. You know, I had a moment today. I don't know why. I I don't know why this came over me, but I thought I need to reconnect with Zen Wen. I mm-hmm. need to consume Wendy Osefo interviews. And I did. And you did? Her. Well, I just watched like her on, you know, Wendy with, um, was it Michael Rappaport? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, the iconic, I mean, the, the iconic interview, but like, I... Am I, I a Nikki fan? Pull up in the what? Sri Lanka. What? What? <laughs> she really pulled up in the Sri Lanka for that interview. I can't believe that happened and we didn't even bring it up. Well, we had so much to talk her. about with her. And I think she That's was... true. She was still... When we talked to her, I think she was still figuring out how she was going to respond and react to the memification of that moment. Because when you get memified, that's a really a moment we have to take stock. Well, it's personal and you and it's fully your decision as the mm-hmm. subject of a meme to go, how do I want to show the world? How do that I, I know want to do, do this? I, I know. Cake farts. <laughs> um so Okay, what about you? What about you, Queen? Girl, whatever. I mean, what's going on? I, I'm sort of like hashtag back in the gym, hashtag okay. sleeping full nights. Hashtag skincare, trying to get it all together so I can go shoot a television program. This is very exciting. Think about that. That's really Mm. all that's going on. I'm sort of like, I actually, I have to say, sometimes being boring is my favorite thing to be. Like I did go out this weekend. I I went out a couple times, but called it relatively early. These days, I'm sort of just sleeping a lot, taking care of myself, working out, Trying to bring it back to me, okay? Back to me. Back to me. <laughs> back to me. Back to me. Front runner for title of that. Front runner mm, for title of that. Back to me. Back to me. Everyone I knows we're, we're referencing that. the iconic Lindsay Lohan song. Back to me. me. I'm kind of sounding like her. You absolutely, yes. You are sounding Why did just you like laugh. I, I'm not I'm laughing because it is not easy to do to do a Lindsay impression when she's singing. Back to me. <laughs> so good. So good. One of the great vocalists, I think Jennifer Hudson, Kelly, Lindsay uh-huh. Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, Jojo. Jojo. Siwa, sorry. Um the, the Mount Rushmore of vocalists, hun. Draw it. <laughs> it's actually something we are gonna implore the readers. Send in your drawings of the Mount Rushmore of singing. Drawings of singings. Send in your drawings of the Mount Rushmore of singing. It's Jennifer Hudson, Kelly Clarkson, Jojo Siwa, and Lindsay Lohan. That is the Mount Rushmore vocalist. Can't wait to see because some of the readers are such incredible artists. They really are. That's not a. That's no joke. That is no joke. I don't joke. I don't joke. It's rule of culture. Hello, number fourteen. I I don't don't joke. joke. (laughs) I what? Nothing. Let's bring the guest in, I feel. Let's bring the guest in, I feel. This guest. Oh. Someone mm. who you meet and you go. Now who's that? Ah, now, who is that? <laughs> now, who is that that I met? Hmm. 
I think this person, I think this person is very powerful because I think about them striking, striking in intellect, in wit, in warmth, in physicality and beauty. The thirst traps have been on another level as of as of late. And if you think we're not going to talk about it, then you're dead wrong. What do you think this is? You're dead dead wrong. wrong. You're deeply mistaken. This guest is an incredible writer, Mm -hmm. an incredible podcast host of Like a Virgin. With the one and only Rose. With the one and only Rose Damu. And a former guest of the show. Hmm. Former guest of the show. Our guest has done an I Don't Think So Honey before. An iconic one. This is so. This is so. And I think you should really listen to Like a Virgin if you listen to this podcast. Let's say if you listen to this podcast and you feel you enjoy it, you're going to enjoy Like a Virgin. Oh, maybe even more. <laughs> maybe even more. Hey, than hey, we. hey, as the iconic, legendary drag queen Kennedy Davenport once said, fuck my drag. <laughs> she did who could, say that. Who, who could forget? Who could forget? You know what? I, you know, okay, so I've been saying, okay, sorry, sorry, really quickly. I've been saying at work, say that in front of Miss mm-hmm. Sarah Sherman, and she knows what it means, <laughs> but she will append to it and go, say that 10 times fast. So anytime I say, say that, she goes, Say that 10 times fast, which I think is the perfect addendum to that. So anyway, we're, we're so excited. Please welcome Fran, Fran Toronto! Wow. Welcome to the arena, bitch. Welcome to the arena. Oh my God, thank you. You know, there really, there must have been some mix up. I was supposed to be introduced as Shay Diaz, my given name. <laughs> Let me tell imagine, you. Imagine being named Che Diaz right now. Like that's gonna be. That's gotta be such a panic. Imagine what a, what a being, daily panic. <laughs> uh, on top of the panic of being like a Latin non-binary stoner podcaster, I'm like, uh, <laughs> my lawyers will be in touch. I, yes. I, I could not. It is representation that I did not ask for. <laughs> right. It is. Is it? Is it funhouse mirror? Is it something you reject as a reflection of yourself? Like what? How do you process Che? You know, um, what's interesting is I, I genuinely love the show, like the reboot. I, yeah. I, I am. It is appointment television. I yes. am enjoying every second of yes. it. It's very fun. It's maybe more fun to talk about than it is to watch sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, given like, I mean, the, the double vomit we just saw last week is like one of those moments, but. I mean, it was a roller, with, was a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, it was a roller coaster. But I mean, the shadiness of it all, you know, <laughs> I, I was I, honestly, I should have just like an, enacted and been a version of shadiness. This, if I had the improvisational skills, I should have just done this interview as shadiness. <laughs> Which I think you would have, you would pull off with a plum. Well, you know, it's hard because you know Che is just such a such a complex character, you know. <laughs> All you need to do is mention weed every third sentence about how you've been smoking weed so no, much. No, 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 doing weed. We doing have, weed. We, we, ha- we, we do have weed to. We, it cannot be overstated. They don't smoke weed in this family of weed. just like that. They do weed. A lot of it, in fact. Oh, yes, we they do They can't possibly weed. remember DMs. They've been doing a lot of weed. That's honestly, I, I since the show has started, I've been truly unable to think about like literally anything else other than Shay Diaz. It's like, I think part of like this, like kind of caricature is like, I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised to learn that there were like no Latin or non-binary writers in the writers uh-huh. room because Shay is so like a, an amalgam of like our collective imagination of like what a non-binary person might be, you know, because like Shay has like this, like um shock jock 
personality. Like yes. Joe Rogan slash Jennifer Aniston in Morning Show kind of vibe. But then Big like... time. <laughs> Thank you. But then like... This is a cinematic universe. It really yeah. is. But then they still have like the revelatory like gender speeches of like Nanette and then like <laughs> dated drag language, like step your pussy up and like, yes, queen. And like, it's uh-huh. like, who who is this person? Like, I believe that insufferable non-binary people exist. Like we we know those yes. people, but like it's it's such a mishmash of like things. Well, Gawker did a whole piece about how Che Diaz is perfect because it is depicting the way that all comedians are very annoying. And we can we, we agree. And I think that is and I think and, and, and I think I think it was Olivia Craighead who said like, you know, Sara Ramirez is doing a perfect portrayal of this character. It's not that Sara Ramirez is like butchering the acting. It's that they are actually accurately essentializing the way that all comedians, any comedian period slash podcaster slash whatever person in that space is obnoxious by default. I don't feel the need to be self-effacing about this. Actually. I'm not that annoying. I'm sorry. I, I consider myself to be pretty annoying. And but you're not I'm that no, annoying. No, I'm nowhere near as annoying as Trey Diaz. And I'm actually going to step out and bravely state that because I actually don't think we need to in any way knock ourselves in the conversation around Trey Diaz. Trey Diaz is... Here's another thing that strikes me. Any character that's like, well, I'm really good at sex. It's yeah. been a thing how good they are at sex. That's, and I'm that's just kind of like, I'm like, what is this? I, I, it's just, it, it, I don't, I don't know how to take it anymore. I'm with you, Fran. It is appointment television for me. And when I get on here week after week and explain the with third graders and their endeavors and like how they keep heightening and how they keep deepening and how they keep challenging not just themselves but also the status quo and the culture. I want to make it clear. I'm not knocking the show necessarily because I no. do think that a large part of entertainment is, especially in the year of our Lord 2022, is watchability. How we provoke the conversation. Is the conversation, unfortunately, wow, can't believe they said doing weed? Yes, but it is a conversation nonetheless. Yes. And we are here and we are having it. And as we barrel towards the finale... And we are barreling towards. We it. are. We have never. When is the finale? It's the finale's in like three weeks. I think we've oh been three god, more episodes. Oh my god, that's crazy. And I don't think I've been this excited for a finale since the morning show season two. <laughs> well, I am deeply sad that it's about to end. I am actually very sad that it's about mm, to end. Me too. I'm not ready. I think that like I I I have enjoyed the show a ton. I think a lot of the reason that people are like so hot and bothered about this specifically is because the show has so much else going on. Like, it really is a part of this, like, very bizarre, like, kind of ne- uh, issue of, like, next-gen reboots, you know? Yeah. Like, we had, like, you know, the Will and Grace and L Word and, like, Tales of the City kind of, like, reboots that do this thing that we call, on Food for Thought, woke whack-a-mole, where uh-huh. they really try to hit every single corner of, like, justice culture and I think if it was just Shay, like, we could be like, oh, that's, like, an annoying character. Like, I, too, identify with the not-that-annoying community. I think it's really brave of you to, to platform <laughs> that issue. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm stating it. I'm here. I'm not annoying. <laughs> I'm not that annoying. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I think that, like, because the show has all these other things that are also kind of just as annoying as Shay, it's, like, a part of the amalgam. It's like, we can't ignore it. Like, I, I can't not be mad about this, you know? 
Yeah. Can I say something very, um, very egocentric? Oh, please. I watched this recent episode when Shay came on the screen and I thought, oh my God, is that what someone thinks I am? Like some, like they think I as just like, let's just say like queer POC podcaster comedian. Do they think like, am I, do I read the same, am I the same sort of legibility as Che? Like, am I, am I like, like, I, I feel like that's what freaks me out is I'm like, see, like people like will grossly misinterpret me as being that when I too am not that I actually want to walk back my thing about being annoying, but all comedians being annoying. I also am proudly in the not that annoying community. Can I say that? Can we place ourselves there? Yes. I think both of you are. I oh, don't for sure. I, I would say, well, this is just to respond to what you're what you're saying, though. It's like. I don't think that that character is supposed to represent now at more than I'm watching. The more I'm watching it, I don't think that Che is supposed to represent more than Che. I really do. I think they do because they're all of these things. They're a podcaster. They're a comedian. They're non-binary. They're POC. Like, and like they lead, they're a stoner. They lead with all of these, you know, everything about Che and yet you know, you know nothing about them. You know, like, I feel like that's what's so remarkable about Che as a character. I don't think there is anything annoying about being a queer podcaster no, no, who smokes. No, no, that's not what I'm I saying. I think there's everything annoying about Che because Che is constantly talking about how much they yes. smoke, the pussy they they eat. Like, it's <laughs> just, it's, it's getting to the point where it's just like, oh, okay, so we're actually, we're, what we're saying is, not just straight male comedians. We're now saying, yeah, actually, okay. you know who else is can, can be this annoying? Queers. Yes. Yeah. Queers are sometimes even worse because you have to figure out how to talk to them too. Listen, oh, it's so I, annoying. At least with a straight male podcaster who munches rug and is always talking about it. At least we know them in the culture. Now we have to say you're they? right. You're right. You're right. They're annoying. The I, I could not. The pronouns joke was such a. Lo- I just feel. I. I kind of. I'm feeling like halves of what both of y'all are saying. Like I. I feel like you know the show is trying to create a conversation around women in their 50s. And any conversation, any show about a generation, if it's a sitcom, is going to make fun of the other generations. You know, that's a given. And so you see the ways that it creeps in, like the way that it kind of critiques woke culture or whatever. But in it, like kind of critiques itself. I, I think that there is a lot of like, smart writing mixed in with like a lot of bad choices you know mm-hmm. like i i personally am like really interested in like white people trying to write about whiteness trying to like it kind of implicate themselves in the problems or like funny things about whiteness so i was uh-huh. actually like really jazzed when the show started it's just like <laughs> it's just one too many things where it's like Okay, like who smokes a bowl in an elevator? You know what I mean? Yeah. That like, was, uh, also, not a bowl, what was, a pipe. Uh, yeah, a what fucking, was that yes. piece? <laughs> that piece, I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. It was crazy. It's like vape. Grow up. Grow up. And then up when it when vape. it fell apart in three pieces at the funeral, I was like, what is this contraption anyway? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe just like get a one hitter or something, brah. It was so confusing. I I mean, as I said earlier, I have been unable to think about everything else. And because I have worm brain, I listen to not one, but two companion podcasts about And Just Like That. <laughs> I, I'm consuming everything about this and unfortunately learned that, I mean, not just that there are no Latin or non-binary writers, but that 
MPK did attend a panel of trans and gender nonconforming people to learn more about the non-binary experience. But didn't hire them. But didn't hire them. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like proud of you for, you know, doing the work or whatever. We, I actually just, uh, before I forget, the double vomit what was very oh, yeah. well done, I thought. and that's, I thought it was we, great. We have to give kudos to Anuvalia who directed that episode. Do you know the BTST about that? vomit scene have you heard about this no oh my god this is the podcast this this is from that yeah this is the podcast knowledge so um when when they were trying to pull off this fake vomit stunt in the magic of tv you know it's uh, a long plastic tube that is taped to sjp's like neck okay Uh uh and you know the tube goes down the block and these like dudes are pumping (laughs) fake vomit out the side of her face to create this illusion as if she's Uh vomiting um, the people they hired apparently were not amazing at their jobs. MPK said that they were fired after and they couldn't get the vomit to actually work, to like actually shoot out of the pipe. And after like trying to get this to, to trying to get this thing to work over and over again, SJP turns to director and goes, take off the tape, take off the tubes, take off everything. Give me the vomit. Put she, it in my ta- mouth. she takes a two liter bottle of fake vomit, chugs it. And does the vomiting herself. And MPK said that the second vomit that she does is all one take. She had a trap door of vomit to vomit a second time. And that is acting. SJP is one of the greats. I cannot believe she did that. I, I was in awe. My jaw is on the floor. I have to walk this back a second. Yes, yes, yes. She, she usually asked, vomited, man. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I refuse to believe this is true. <laughs> it so is. You're telling me that she chugged? What? So can I say, this is, I just recently had to vomit profusely in a project. No one was there for it. Oh, wow. Okay. And they give you a couple options of different things that you can pretend to vomit. I don't believe for a second that Sarah Jessica Parker, amazing actress as she is, actually consumed the stuff that they give you and then actually vomit. So what we're seeing is real vomit. Can I tell you, it looked real when I saw it. I was like, wait, something about the SJP throw-ups looks real. You know, let me tell you, Matt, I too did not want to believe it. I listened to this exchange multiple times. It is straight from MPK's mouth. She chugged the fake vomit and I guess threw that up or something. Or maybe, I don't know. It was a lot of vomit, he said. And, uh, you know, I, I I choose to believe it because I believe women. There is, Thank you. There's such an easier way to do that, though, which is just hold, <laughs> know, the, right? hold the vomit in your mouth. No, but she wanted to give it that velocity, that motion, that kinesthesia. Like the that, velocity. That, she wanted it to look like vomit projectiling out of her mouth, which you cannot do, Matt. And you she know this. Propulsive force. Uh, I know I did it. And don't you say that I didn't do it because I I'm did sorry, do it. But and you, you have, watched it happen. And don't be fresh with me. Girl, listen. And don't doubt my uh, There abilities. is a low ceiling. I'm saying this is not your <gasps> limit to your ability. Every human being can only hold so much fluid in their mouth to simulate vomit for an acting scene. SJP was like, I'm going to transcend that limit and actually ingest this fake prop vomit so that I can control when it comes out and with the speed at which it does. That feels like an unsafe working atmosphere. <laughs> she's been and doing that's this. That's what she's, I'm saying. That's she's what been in this about business the for 35 plus years. No, I'm saying there was, a to- there, there was a toxic <laughs> culture on set. 
there was a oh. toxic culture. Oh, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll this will be out. revealed. This, this is going to be revealed. <laughs> vomit, I, wait, I, I wanted to ask you, as someone who just said you're interested in white people writing about whiteness and it, you're, you're sort of uh, observing this happen on this show, what did you think of White Lotus? <sighs> I loved it. I, I loved I, it I too. I really did. I, I I thought that there was a lot of really salient criticism about it um, mm-hmm. that people were kind of like, you know, talking about how uh, the the music used in it and the way that the island was used to film and all the different stuff was like not, you know, very kosher and that there should have been a writer's room for some of this stuff. But I think that people were kind of putting too much on it to be an actual critique of whiteness. It was a mystery. It was yeah. like, and yes. you know, an Agatha Christie, like, you know, white mystery. And like, I, <laughs> I think that like on face value, that's like what it was. And like, people thought it was supposed to be this brilliant critique of whiteness. I just think it had like, really, I thought accurate, like jokes about woke culture, but those were just like a byproduct of what the show actually was. I don't know. What do y'all think? I do want to say Agatha Christie white mystery is the front runner. Is all about. <laughs> oh, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of the woke commentary was placed on the teens mostly. Or, and, I, and I guess Connie Britton's character. I mean, like it, that yeah. was like the central sort of like locus for it. I didn't, I guess, I guess my only thought was that it could have been like, if, if it might've been more satisfying, for people like talking about it if like that was more evenly like distributed I don't know yeah but- that's the thing I-, I think that people were trying to put like the show's intention into it and I don't think that's like really what the show was trying to do I think that was right. just a tool that the show used to tell a, a story that was yes. you know a mystery I guess totally but I totally. loved it loved every second of it I thought really the ending it. was not amazing uh-huh, but uh-huh. you know it's I-, I probably couldn't stick the landing better it was like really lose a lot I mean, endings are hard. I mean, I you know, I was I, again as I'm talking about as we barrel towards the end, just like the finale. I actually I was watching Watch What Happens Live the other night, and they had Nicole Ari Parker on the show, who plays the iconic Sesame Street character LTW. Um, and <laughs> oh my god, that's good. And um, they asked her. She got a question from the audience, like, "What did you think of the finale, and what can fans expect?" And she got this. By the way. One of the most beautiful women on planet Earth. It is crazy. But she gets this glimmer in her eye and she said, well, um, let's just say that I think that the fans are going to be really, really excited. And I was like, I'm sorry. If Samantha comes back at the end of the finale of And Just Like That, this will go down in history as the best season of television. It would be unreal. It would be more satisfying emotional than, you know, Toby and Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, I, for me, it would I be would forgive much it all more its trespasses, okay? <laughs> I love Toby in, in No Way Home, though. But yeah, I agree. It would no, top so that somehow, somehow. Yeah, I, I loved I loved No Way Home, though. It was so loved. good. Loved. Loved. Loved the, honestly, now leading competitor for maybe most homoerotic Marvel film in the MCU. Like... Maybe uh, we were literally just talking about this with Joel on the podcast, uh-huh, uh, Joel uh-huh. Booster. Um, but yeah, I, I think No Way Home is is up there. What do y'all think? Because you are MCU fans. I love MCU. The way that um, like they found the, when they go back and like um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are just like hanging on each other. I was like, first of all, and I, I want to say this, and I, I want I know I'm with my sisters when I say this. The sexual activities that I would like to participate in with Andrew Garfield. Range from 
Are what? They, they're they're numerous. They're numerous. <laughs> I would like to have every. I like to explore parts of myself I never knew. <laughs> I I I I I, I want to stop short by saying specifically what it is <laughs> but because i i don't want it to be, i don't want to sound uncouth untoward but let's just say that i when he appeared on screen as spider-man and started talking with his little mouth i was like he is so hot and i used to be on this big sebastian stan kick and i have to say andrew garfield has taken my number one spot he's <gasps> so hot he's so good he's so good in tick tick boom he was so good in no way home i'm obsessed with andrew garfield i love him I love he him. he's so good i really like he's i loved so how good. to me like i love that all the spider-mans were kind of playing like a a very different like spider-man but yes. i love that like andrew garfield's was kind of this like like Aw, guys, like, what's going Like, this sensitive kind of, like, aw, there were my feelings kind of, like, spy- it was so, like, nuanced. It was very, like, fan service but, like, there was nothing about it that I disliked. Like, I just, like, loved every second of the this, like, three Spider-Man exchange. Yeah. I think Joel, Joel Kimbooster has said that it w- it is not a movie, that it is just, like, a theme park ride, and I am totally okay with that. 100%. It is the first, you know, um, Marvel movie uh, to use only a meme as its source material. Um, <laughs> yes, like yes. three Spider-Mans <laughs> pointing at each other. It really just went for it. And that I knew, you know, when it comes to rectifying source material, brave. Very well done. Can I just say, this is what No Way Home gets right. And this is what uh, this is what I tend to actually enjoy about reboots. And this is why maybe sex, maybe this, this is why maybe undress like that is kind of like not really rubbing me the right way all the time, even though I also love it and I'm so excited for the finale. I'm very sad that it's ending. Final Fantasy VII is this, one of the best games of all time. We consider one of the best games of all time. They rebooted it. It took like 20 plus years to reboot, completely ground up PS4 remake. And the story changes have to do with like all of a sudden, uh, there's there are all these hooded ghosts that like swirl around you at various points in the story and you're like who the hell are these people what are they supposed to do and they keep like writing the story they keep like um anytime the story deviates from the original these hooded people come in to like set it back to what it was and then you find out in the end that like they're supposed to represent the fans they represent the fans of the original game to like to be like oh no like this is a presence in the game there's no way you like write out the discourse around something that's so beloved and so you have to basically like incorporate it somehow into the story and i feel like no way home does that in a way and and just like that maybe doesn't i don't know what i'm getting at but like there's something very satisfying about acknowledging the fans there's something cool about fan service a fan service is not like bad on its face i don't think yeah i don't think i don't think it's like intrinsically cheap at all like i thought that everything that was done in no way home was like so earned you know what i mean yes I agree. Yeah, and I also think we're at the point now with these films where they have to acknowledge the like this movie I think actually was acknowledging and commenting on the fandom. That's kind of what the multiverse is. It's about how you do return to these characters in different iterations all these times and how in a way like our opinion on one is affected by the other and so this is that in practice you know it's these worlds actually colliding because you know we as fans of spider-man or whatever um you know we do that all the time in our head in our heads in our discussions of them so it is just pure fun but i also do think it does serve as a 
useful installment of the MCU. It just was it was just different. And also you can you can remember this film in a way that you're not going to remember a lot of the other ones. You yes. know what I mean? I think that they do have to get inventive and bold with these things. And even if people think, well, that's just fan service on face value, like I have to break it to you. Like these are superhero movies. Like they are made to service the fans. Like they that's that is why they are made. And so people, you know, coming in with the criticism of this is one of my least favorite MCU movies because it's just a theme park ride. Like what what would you consider the other ones? Like what what was Black Widow if not a theme park ride? Like yeah. what is the Avengers exactly if not a theme park ride? Like right. I understand that people might place certain um films that, you know, have like auteur directors or like whatever, like, you know, someone might be a fucking eternal stan because they love what Chloe Zhao did with it. But, you know, that was less of a theme park ride. So so it's different strokes, I guess. Yeah, I think that's my thing with reboots is like, I, I, I think something that I loved about No Way Home is that I think if you're going to do like a reboot of any kind or like bring back things, it's like you need to like kind of radically reimagine it. Yeah. And a lot of these like kind of reboots, so to speak, are just not doing that at all. And I don't know, obviously it's like complicated if like the original thing was like a little problematic in some way because trying to like rectify that, you know, creates another You're talking, about, you're talking about Sex in the City? I'm talking about, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about Sex in the City. I'm talking uh, yeah, about yeah, like yeah. West Side Story, honestly. Yeah, 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 like yeah. The, Which I, a movie that I loved, but uh-huh. like walked away with it being like, what was revised and like for who and like how? Like I, I mm. it's like, I think I get really like, interested in like i don't know how um we verify authenticity versus like representation versus like what won't get what won't get you canceled versus like what is just you know good tv or what is just a good story and i think that people don't understand that there's no resolute point to any of those things and that's why we're always going to disagree on them and if it's like for a specifically marginalized community like lack of visibility and scarcity mentality gives us this like lizard brain that compels us to tweet like the meanest things about it. And like, that's not the creator's fault, No, but it is like a a responsibility that you now have if you're going to like make this thing. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day i don't know about you matt but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow... So could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. 
take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com. Dot com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Hey, it's Bowen. And I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow roasted chicken. Pico de gallo purple cabbage and new avocado verde salsa sauce with new menu options like cantina chicken tacos burritos and quesadillas there's something for everyone and taco bell isn't just for a late night with this new cantina chicken menu the possibilities are well endless try the new cantina chicken menu at taco bell now now i said snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Wow, I'm getting really excited now about Samantha. Uh, you know, and I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to throw that out there, and then obviously, because the odds of it happening are so low, and also that it wouldn't be leaked is crazy. But I'm just thinking to myself, they've now batted her around so many times. They, like they have, like the, like if you know, Chekhov's gun, babe, like. It just is what it is. And I mean, honestly, what's really going to happen is Samantha's going to enter the MCU and <laughs> and, and Kim Cattrall is going to be, I don't know, like some sex robot or something like that. Like, I don't know. I, whatever it is, I will be there for it. I am. I have something to report. Oh, yeah. I took it upon myself to directly text anew. Is this rumor true that SJB chugged the vomit for the actual takes? We were discussing it on Las Culturistas at this very moment. I said, incredible episode. She goes, She's currently, the, 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 the speech bubble is in the ellipsis, but she goes, OMG, Bowen, this is an actual real true thing. <gasps> I, will, I will tell you more as I, information as I receive it, but she's currently texting me, I think, a missive about what happened on that day. <gasps> this <laughs> is tea. <laughs> you are blowing my mind. I am so happy that this, this is But you, you introduced, I would not have known about this if you didn't tell us. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's, she deserves an EGOT. She is one of, we, we have repeatedly said on this podcast, you cannot deny what she is doing. And look, for all the big swings that are happening with the show, 
Carrie Bradshaw is still, she suffered and she is still still that that girl. girl. (laughs) She is still that girl. She remains that girl. And when every episode ends and you're still on the journey with Carrie, I'm still like, okay, great. I'm still here. I'm still on board because it is Carrie Bradshaw. It is Sarah Jessica Parker doing what the other girls really said that they would do and then didn't. Yes. But so, so with all the sort of craziness with the Miranda storyline, like the sort of uh, the, the betrayal uh, like uh, that is happening with Steve, you know, I, to see him flop around that farmer's market. I mean, it, it was just, it was just too much for me personally. I was like, this is just not, this is not what I signed up for here. But Steve uh, is just way too hot for that. It's just, I know. It's, it's not, it's not believable that someone <laughs> named Steve could be so like stuck sexless and that he, that the sexual energy that he gives when you fuck like that in the year 1999, 2000, 2001, that you, you don't forget. No, man. Like, 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 he didn't forget how to fuck. I'm sorry. Like, like, it's, it's not, it's not a world I want to live in. It's not a place I'm willing to go with the show. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to a place of Steve forgot how to fuck. If yeah. Miranda's over it, let's just have Miranda be over it. If Miranda's going to decide that she is ready to move on to a new chapter of her life. That's fine. But stop making Steve look like this, like fucking clown. Yeah. Poor yeah. Steve. Poor Steve. Poor Steve. I, I feel like, you know, what the, something that the reboot is doing is Charlotte has become my favorite character. Are like, you what? kidding me? I'm not oh, joking. No. I'm not joking. I mean, Fran? I, I, okay. I, I think, I don't know, uh, Fran. listen, the episode where she is, uh, uh, acquiring, if not near kidnapping black people to <laughs> diversify her friend group was uh, kind of egregious. However, she has given, I've laughed the, the most, I've lolled the most at like Charlotte jokes. I think that her fillers are adding to her character. Uh, I think yeah, it, it you, is you enriching, it. enriching the experience of her line delivery. I was never a Charlotte fan, was never a Charlotte stan. And something about this reboot, I'm kind of into it. No. I'm kind of into her, I, I have, into her I have side to plot lines. I have to descend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's still your least favorite because because you you see yourself in her or uh, and you resent that. No, oh. it's not that you bitch. <laughs> I, here, what I would say is, I just feel like Charlotte. I, she's always been the one that's like. Well, I- I'm willing to learn, but it's just kind of like <laughs> you would know this, like yeah. like her stumbling into LTW's party and immediately barreling over to the woman and being like, "Hey, girl, it's you," and then she'd be like, "That's not me." And then the that when when he, when he said, "Um, so who who's read Zadie Smith?" I'm like, "This is like this is this feels too much for me." I, I, again, dumbing them down too far. For it's not even dumbing them down. I, I think like no, this is perfect. This is a perfect example for Charlotte to know like Zadie Smith and to know like be very familiar about the work of like black artists, like the way that she sort of like schools everybody, like schools LTW's mother-in-law about like that piece being like a good investment. Like mm-hmm. you must have somewhat of a nuanced like view on race to not then recruit black people to come to your dinner party. Like that's what like is dissonant to me, but, but Charlotte, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I haven't made up my mind on her and about, yeah. I thought that episode was <laughs> like unforgivable. I, 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 I had a really hard time with it. Not necessarily because it was like 
an unrealistic thing for her to go through. I think that's like a problem that white people deal with. Like, sure, like write yeah, about yeah, it, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, um, it was just at no point was it explained that her behavior was abhorrent. And so when she told LTW, like, oh yeah, like, um, like this is what I did, she was like, yeah, sure, go off, queen. It was like, <laughs> what, like, <laughs> yeah, that was my issue with it. It was I was just like, I really would have appreciated a moment where LTW would have just been like, really. That's yeah. lame. Like these, the, like we're not just like props for you at a dinner party. Like even if you were trying to make it comfort comfortable for me, like what about her? And then what? Did you end up disinviting her because I couldn't go? Like you lied to this woman. Like yeah. I just feel like I I don't buy LTW because she was like, I just the way she reacted. I was I just couldn't understand. And I was like, how are we in fact challenging Charlotte as a character if she's not going to? like answer for her actions in this episode in any way. Yeah. Like, yeah. How what in, in what way are we seeing the development of this character if this white woman gets away with doing this like stupid shit? Exactly. So that episode like I agree with you, but I think like Charlotte is a character where she's like I'm going to get an A on my an A plus on my report card and ask for extra credit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. of course when like this like cultural wave hits her, she thinks it's something that she can win. So, you know, even in this last episode where she like randomly dropped a Demi Lovato quote, I oh. was like, in my head, I was like, that was wild. But then I, I like <laughs> went back further and I was like, well, if Charlotte's trying to like learn more about her non-binary kid, Demi Lovato's going to be one of the first Google oh, searches. So like maybe, I don't, you know, I, I'm honestly giving it a lot of passes, but I think my real thing is like, it feels true to character, even if it is hard to watch. First of all, we all know that the most famous Demi Lovato quote is not, sorry, not sorry. It's that Froyo stand tried to kill me. <laughs> okay? Like, True. if we're going to quote Demi Lovato... No, no, let's, no, let's... no, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is the most famous Demi Lovato <laughs> quote. So I went up to her and I beat the shit out of her. Or whatever. whatever from the do- <laughs> Wait, what was it? She, like... It was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat that bitch up. I'm going to beat that bitch up. Yeah. It was from the documentary <laughs> where so- they heard about the, one of their backup dancers talking shit or something. Anyway, we don't so have to keep, I keep said, I'm going to beat that bitch up. <laughs> I watched the first 15 minutes of that documentary because the YouTube algorithm is so cruel to me. Oh, um, you mean Simply Complicated? <laughs> Same. Simply Complicated. I, I, didn't, Simply I don't complicated. think I made it that far, but I did learn a lot about Demi Lovato. So, you know. Demi Lovato to continues to be one of the most thrilling presences, especially recently when they like, Sang to an alien about their trauma or something like I, there wasn't there wasn't there was an article that was that came out that was like Demi Lovato has sung to an alien and as a result discovered the aliens um, right well they're producing a show about extraterrestrial oh I've seen behaviors. it I know I, it's on it's Peacock out? where everything it's good on, is it's on Peacock of course it's on Peacock <laughs> <laughs> oh, first of all Peacock Fucking is duh. Peacock is giving what the what everyone else wants to give. I'm not even saying this as uh, an NBC employee. I do love Peacock. I'm genuinely. on Peacock <laughs> every day, all day for to watch Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'm on Peacock watching Saved by the Bell. I'm on Peacock watching Real Housewives of Miami. Saved by I'm the on- Bell is so good. Saved by the Bell is the best. Wait, Fran. Fran, you'd love you would you would legit love it. Uh, well, I have to now that I have a Peacock subscription to have wa- to watch um Ultimate Girls Trip. Um, the Ultimate Girls Trip gave everything. Y'all watched it? I've, I've seen the first couple okay. episodes, and it, okay. it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I thought it was like honestly really frightening how much they 
gave you a behind the scenes of like filming the show and asked about what the experience of filming the show was like. Like, because they don't do that on Housewives. They don't do that on regular Housewives. Yeah. It's particularly like crazy for me because I don't know if y'all, I think I told Bo this, but like, I had never seen a single episode of any Housewives franchise before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic started, I watched all of New York, all mm-hmm. of Beverly Hills, three seasons of Atlanta, all of Salt Lake, and two seasons of Potomac. And like I like I just devoured it in one like addled, like stoned, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. kind of like mind fuck. Um mm-hmm. and so like I think finally watching Ultimate Girl Trip, which, you know, everyone always talks about Housewives, All Stars, whatever. It was so different and like tender and I don't know. It's not what you would. It's not what you would expect. Yeah, yeah. I was not, not a bad way. Experience. Not a bad no, way. But I no. loved it. What about you? Right. So y'all, you liked you y'all liked Ultimate Girls Trip. I really enjoyed the Ultimate Girls Trip because, uh, sort of like you, like during during the pandemic, I think uh, I really went into the Housewives of it all because just because there's so much of it to watch, and I think volume is important when you have a lot of time. It's like. Well, you know, here's this big old thing that I could never tackle outside of this. But I think I watched, you know, 31 seasons of Survivor and hundreds and hundreds of episodes of Housewives. And what I liked about the Ultimate Girls Trip was, yes, of course, that they broke the fourth wall, but also that it seemed like they got a, a, a very very much a diversity of experience like you definitely have the people there that have only ever been hero protagonists and then people that there that have been villainized by the show and you know certain dynamics like the Teresa Judice and Melissa Gorga dynamic is I think a really interesting one and I'm very into Jersey now and I recommend everyone watch Jersey because it's 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 different like I always say every housewife franchise is about something different and I deeply believe that Jersey is about like the patriarchy and about the hold that that the patriarchy has on these women, especially in that sort of like Italian American culture where it is very much what the man says goes. And, you know, Teresa goes to prison because of the actions of her husband. And I think that you see her development over time. And then to see Ultimate Girls Trip, you you, you sort of get like a different perspective on her. I liked Teresa a lot in Ultimate Girls Trip because I didn't really watch Jersey and I was like, oh, well, like she seems perfectly great. I don't well, know. She comes off like a clown when you don't know what what New, New Jersey Housewives is. Like I remember yeah. when when I when the first image I ever saw of Teresa Judice was prostitution yeah, and yeah. her flipping the table. I was like, oh, that's a show about a crazy person. That's a television show about a crazy individual who's off her rocker and I'm not watching Jersey. Then you do watch it and you actually, you get surprised because you actually fall in love with Teresa a little bit and you understand. Mind you, like, this is something else you're talking about. It's not like a Jen Shaw. It's not like a, oh God. No, no, no. no. Jen Shaw is like, she's like monstrous. But, but, but Teresa, like, it's interesting because all these women start this show. They're very family first and they're very much in service to their husbands and their children. And it's like, you don't talk about our husbands. You don't talk about our children. Like, I want my family's thickest thieves, all that stuff, et cetera. And then like, as these women gain autonomy because they're on the show and then you see Teresa Judice in like ultimate girls trip and like a new relationship. And it's like a businesswoman and a best-selling author and all these things. It's like, Oh, she definitely has had to evolve and transform from this person who was just a Jersey housewife to now understanding how big the world is. And like, you know, that development is interesting to track. So mm-hmm. that's what I liked about the ultimate girl's trip. 
I haven't watched Jersey, but like Matt, I love like your thematic readings of like Housewife franchises. It's like t- that was so my experience of watching Beverly Hills season two. Like I remember just like watching everything go down and being like, I mean, obviously, like I was like smoking, but like I was just like, well, obviously, this is like a microcosm and perhaps the greatest <laughs> argument as to why like wealth is a disease and yeah. how classism affects like the human psyche. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it really like you do watch how like these women's lives are so like warped and like so outside of uh, an actual reality that their problems, I don't know, just like blow up in. Obviously, they have to do it for TV, too, but like the way they blow up their problems is still very real. You know what I mean? And and it just like speaks to your like, oh my God, wow. Like these women are really actually going through this thing. Matt, what would you say the thematic read on Miami is now that it's back? You know, Miami is interesting. Um, Miami's sort of being carried by one cast member. Her name is Alexia Echevarria. And um, she, um, she is dealing with well, her husband, her ex-husband, who's now deceased, she's found out was gay. And mm. she's meeting his lover and wow. like sort of fi- finding out about that. And now she's in a new relationship. And I, I don't think I've I don't think I've really put my finger on what exactly it is in Miami. But um, because I think that Miami hasn't really figured itself out yet. And I, I uh-huh. I'm not super familiar with the old seasons. I have okay. watched the reunions. But um, there's something there. One thing I will say about Miami is that they have their their complexes um, about plastic surgery and youth seem to be different than the other Ooh, franchises, which is saying something. I don't know what it is, but it seems like... Um, the the cosmetic enhancements there are on another level. Mm. Oh, I, 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 I don't, and I'm not sure if that's like a comment on Miami or like that type of culture. But there's definitely that thing of like panic about a husband moving on from you. Um, the mm. founding of the fountain of youth chasing is very palpable. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Which is across all these franchises. But anyway some sort of turn up the dials on certain themes more than others. Yeah. I love that. I kind of want to, now should I watch Miami? I love Look, you're this Only far. on Peacock. <laughs> Look, I also love the spice you put on uh, Echeveria. I love that. It, honestly. Because I, th- I thought it was, I might have pronounced Echevaria and then someone said Echeveria, Echeveria. and I was like, the accent on, uh, accents on the eye. This is, this is Eche- giving, Echeveria. Uh, this is giving you guys doing the Cafe Bustelo ads. <laughs> Do you think they reach out? You can cut this if you want. Do you think they reach out like being like, oh, this Latin podcast, Las Culturistas. This is actually why I came on the pod pod for the sole reason of a moment of accountability. A moment of accountability (laughs) for appropriation in the Latin community. That's actually why I'm here. Um, uh, And now we've said it. (laughs) We take accountability insofar as Spanish is a colonizer's language and therefore (laughs) we are actually totally not accountable because it's not our language. Wait. It's literally (laughs) culturistas like fashionistas or maximistas (laughs) and we put the we put lost because we thought oh that's just like that's what you said. That's the grammar. And then I don't know. Honestly this is very um this is also giving uh and not to excuse Aaron Sorkin's remarks but like the people that were mad about Javier Bardem being cast as Desi oh, as a Cuban, because they yeah. were like, he's not Latin. And I was like, right. 
Desi Arnaz was like white. Like he he went through a time where obviously like his Latinidad was a marginalization, but he was still white. And it's like, I don't, it's, it's fine by me for like a white person to play like a different kind of white person. You know what I mean? And also he was amazing. He was, he really was. He was so good. I'm sorry. Like he transcended the race, dear. (laughs) It's honest. It's honestly kind of how, like, I mean, I I think it happens more with like straight women or straight women actors and straight male actors. But like Uh when straight women nail a queer role, no one says anything. Like no, no, one's, no one's out here talking about Carol. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they really aren't. Like, they I'm really not, I'm aren't. I'm not calling in Kate. That was a beautiful performance. I think sometimes you just stick the landing and it's fine. Hmm. I don't like to see Jared Leto playing a transgender woman, obviously. Like, that's crazy. I feel, I feel like that's deeply coming at the expense of, of, of an actor and their opportunity. And like, we see in Disclosure in like the do- amazing documentary that Netflix put out, like just how damaging that is over time. But like, when it's like... Um, when it's Kate Blanchett, or if it's, or if it's just like you know, I don't know, like Harry Styles, I guess is playing a gay policeman coming out this oh, year. Yeah, like, a gay cop. Yeah, a gay cop or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, look, ultimately, like I do think that there there should be a lot more representation across the board, and like maybe we should, I don't know. Pr- pr- Wait, this what is never- with all these gay cops? Didn't Lena Waithe play like a gay cop, yes. cops or whatever? Isn't yeah, there she another was an gay an- cop? She was an animated gay police. And also, wait, wait, wait. There's a, <laughs> didn't, doesn't Will Truman and Will and Grace fall in love with a gay cop? Really? He, yeah, well, he's a, fi- Bobby Cannavale played yes. a gay cop. And yeah. he's hot. He's so hot. Uh-huh. So, Bobby Cannavale and Eric McCormick, both straight. But the, and the thing is like, it gets a little exhausting over time, but I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't even know if I have a backup for why. But every single time it feels like it's announced that a straight actor is playing a queer role, it feels like the response is the same, which is like "fuck this, fuck this, fuck this." And I'm like, I don't know. Like, we, like we don't know what exactly the role entails. Like, I, yeah. I don't even really know what, what I'm saying here. Obviously, I want to argue for more representation that's proper, but I, I just don't believe that it should be a blanket condemnation of every single casting decision. It feels weird to me. This is this is maybe an unfair question to pose, Matt, but like if they cast a straight guy to play your role in this TV show you're gonna, you would be doing, mm-hmm. and and let's just spoil that maybe this character that you're playing is gay. I mean, like, I would be annoyed. I mean, but like, not that you would like kn- know that you were up for that part, or maybe you do know that you're up for that part. I, I have I have recently gone in for auditions that have been listed as gay, and, and then in man. the casting they change it to straight. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, like so, I, like I, I don't know. Like it's it's weird. Like I think the best person should play the part, and I, I often feel that queer roles are just best going to be played by queer people, but I'm not casting it. I'm not directing it. Like I do, I do like hand it over to these people to make those decisions. And you hope that, you know, they're making these decisions based on talent and based on suitability for the part. And it's not just some studio note of being like, well, can we get a fucking straight actor in here? That's like a name. But sometimes, name. sometimes it is that, yeah, which, 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 is. which is definitely, I think the case. I don't know. I just, I, I'm talking about the blanket statement of it all where it just feels like, sure. Yeah, it's not it's not a global it's not a blanket application. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I am also like you, Matt, like kind of concretizing my thoughts on this. Like, I think it's like a case by case kind of like nuancing, you know, I think it gets more contentious when like the role centers queerness, like it's about Mm -hmm. a queer experience. Mm -hmm. I think with trans and gender nonconforming people specifically, it's like 
because there's a much bigger lack of opportunities for trans actors. Like that creates like a just an a, a, something that's very frustrating to watch yeah. like happen. But like I, I totally agree. It's like what what do you do with heterosexual faggotry? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think that um, honestly, this is a very good segue to the metamorphosis of it all. Have y'all watched Drag Race? I have not finished this this most recent episode. I started I saw it. it. I saw it. I mean, it, but the, and and you know, it's funny. It frustrates me what's going on on Drag Race with Maddie Morphosis because okay. and, and but this is what frustrates me about it. It's not necessarily that Maddie Morphosis is on the show. It's the other contestants. The way that I think they're being told to discuss it. I just don't believe that there's going to be no one in that room that's going to confront Maddie Morphosis about it. I yeah. don't believe oh, for a okay. second that these 10 other drag queens who are drag queens, like primarily as a result of their queer experience and as a result of the way that they've had to like navigate, you know, becoming performers and the lack of opportunity for them that they've been, you know, you know, led to drag and fall in love with drag for that reason. I don't believe that universally every single one of them is literally going to be like i say work maddie like yes straight guys in drag like absolutely it's time to knock down the door i don't believe for a second that that's the reality of that workroom and the emotional temperature of that workroom so i resent that it's being portrayed portrayed that way to be honest with you it's palpable especially if you watch untucked like though you can see what those girls are thinking yeah, you know so they I should mean? say it and they should be allowed to say it. And that's, I think, uh, that's like, I just don't believe in that that we need to be like straight rights redrag. I just don't. I do love that Rue came in and basically like gay bullied Maddie Morphosis <laughs> because like Good. She, she came in and she was like, I mean, I don't know how far you are, Bo, but she basically came in and was like, she, I think she outs, she outs immediately. Him. Yeah, yeah, immediately outs Maddie and outs all the him. girls like, knowing full well that all these girls are going to be like, what the fuck? But uh-huh. she also said something to the effect of like, are you afraid you're going to be a fag by the end of this? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And it's, like, and it's like, that is actually like the thing I would always want to have said to like Maddie Morphosis, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think if you watch Untucked, I think she she says a lot of like the right things. But at the end of uh-huh. this like spiel, she says something to the, something to the effect of like, um, like, well, I don't actually think that straight people should do drag. Like, I actually don't think it's like a lot of straight people should do drag or whatever. And I'm like, you can't say that on the biggest platform in the world for drag, like sitting right here. Like, it's just, it makes, it just looks so crazy. Um, but at that way, uh, beyond that, like she really ate the runway. It, it was kind of sick. I, I, I mean, l- n- there's nothing to knock about what Maddie presented. I mean, Maddie presented very competitive drag on the show. It's, it's like not about that for me. It's for me, yeah. it's about the way that, the show is framing the responses of the other queens. Yes. I just don't buy it. It's gaslighting. It's very mm. gaslighting. <laughs> oh, but I mean, love. I mean, I think the cast this so far is like really great. Strong. Like I'm very excited for Angeria to go up against like cornbread. Maybe also, I don't know. I loved Bosco. I loved Carrie. I, I loved Carrie. Bosco a lot. Carrie seems nervous, but like I'm rooting for Carrie. She's yes. a show girl. Carrie's stunning. I'm I'm stunning. obsessed with Willow. We love Willow Pill. Truly obsessed. I love Willow Pill. I love Willow Pill. Maybe not as like uh, <laughs> I used to see I love my, Willow my Pill. Pill. I love Willow 
pill. She's a willow pill. Uh, that joke will never get old. Um, I, I, I like willow pill. I think I don't like her as a winner of drag race. I like her oh. as like a, a Katya of drag race. You know what I mean? Like I, I like her the way I like Brooklyn drag in that she looks like she dropped out of the new school. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm. We, we're saying it, you know, you, her talent was something you would see at the, like the annoyance theater and like, Oh yeah. That is like, I don't know. Like I think they're hosting viewings. I think cause Willow is from Denver, but it now is in Chicago. And I think, um, Dairy Queen, shout out to Dairy Queen who, who's listening, um, was, was telling me that they're hosting um, together like viewings at the Annoyance at, in Chicago, which I love, which we mm. love that that little cute little intersection of like alt comedy and drag. But um, before, okay, we're already an hour in. We have to ask Fran the question. Oh my gosh. We really do. And I, I, really thought, about, I thought about that earlier and I was like, we'll get to it. And now we're going to carry it away hour. because basically third culturista, Echavaria. <laughs> 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 Did I butcher that? No, 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 you, no, you no. did it beautifully. You did it beautifully. I was just and being shady. Thank you so much for coming here and destroying the Cafe Bustillo ad reads because yes, no, 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 they deserve I love to be destroyed. I, I went and bought some Cafe Bustillo right after that. <laughs> okay, the cake cups. Not, not a shred of facetiousness in my voice, girl. Nothing but respect. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, it's Bowen. And I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Fran, what was the culture, now listen, hear me out, that made you say culture was for you? Culture you know, was for me. I, I, I thought a lot about this. There were a lot of options, as all your guests always say. A lot always of horses say. in the race. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to pick one, it would be Greek mythology. <gasps> yes. Wow. Very good. Yeah. I I was, you know, a library kid. Um, I, I like hate talking about it at this point because it's like so boring and I talk about it so much in the podcast. Talk about but like it. I, you know, grew up very under very strict Baptist parents, under a very intense jurisdiction of cultural consumption, um, which means like I was left out of like most things that kids grew up with culturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um which is like, you know, what like a virgin is kind of predicated on. But like I was allowed, I had a free pass at the library. You know what I mean? Mm. Like my parents would take me there and I could explore any corner I want. And of course, like my gay ass, like found Greek mythology. And I was like, there's some fag shit in here. Let me take notes. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, as a Greek myself, I can say firsthand, like the the girls were certainly dipping it in to uh, interesting areas. It's not even that. It's that Greek mythology overall has some of the darkest shit, period. Oh, yeah. It it really, it dealt, it dealt with, I mean, it dealt with like so much like humanity, but using these avatars of like shredded demigods. You know what I mean? Like that shit is gay. Now, who (sighs) were your favorite girls on top of the hill called Acropolis? Um, I, okay, so I have a very vivid memory of, like, after consuming, like, every illustrated book about Greek mythology that I could get my hands on, I migrated bravely over to the adult section and found, like, books without pictures, which, like, Uh even even now is difficult for me to do, you know, books about <laughs> pictures. And like, I, I feel like I remember reading like a, a passage about different myths and then reading about how Apollo had a lover named Hyacinth and he was, and I remember reading it. Like I was probably like nine or 10. And I remember being mm-hmm. like, he, he, uh-huh. he, <laughs> big he? question mark. Well, he, yeah. <laughs> and it was like such an aha moment because like, I, I don't know, like uh, it was so effortless and it was so like in passing. And I think that maybe not so much true now, but like at the time, like every gay narrative coming out, it's like, when the gay character enters, the whole narrative has to like come to a screeching halt and we yeah. have to like stop and like acknowledge that this character is gay and then like move on. And mm-hmm. like with this, it was like so seamless. And I yes. think that like from there, I just like kept craving things that were that. And then also obviously like Greek mythology is like the most homoerotic shit ever. And it like, was the OG and he happened to be gay. Yeah, exactly. But he's gay. <laughs> but yeah. But he's blind. He's, he's, I'm, <laughs> um, I, 
but yeah, I feel like uh, there, I mean, Apollo and Hines said this basically about, I mean, it's basically kind of like what every Greek myth is about, which is like a god who loves his twink so much that he accidentally kills him with toxic masculinity. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, a, a story as old as time. Um, but like, I, you know, they just like had sex all the time. Like this, yeah. Yeah. It, it was at a time that predated like, the shame around sex predated like homosexuality. And oh, they've so, like, been fucking in the butt since well before Christ. M- Greek men used to walk around with little packets of lube, mm-hmm. like so that they could fuck at any time. Little oil sacks. I can't remember what the name is, but they had these like little oil sacks that would just walk around and just fuck whenever. Well, this is actually that's like that actually is like ancient culture. Like the there would be certain figures in a young boy's life. It was almost always a young boy. Like um, and th- that these that these l- things I learned focused on. You were just like, about pederasty, girl. <laughs> pederasty. Well, oh. there was like a father figure. Yeah. And there was like a mother figure, and then there was like another father figure who like yes. exclusively fucked the kid. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to, like, um, you know, glorify ancient no. Greece too, too much. There's a lot of consent issues. Not an ideal time for, like, women or, like, you know, enslaved people. But, like, it's, like, like the, the fact that gods and demigods were faggots. Like, that's that's revelatory. And even, like, like even with, like, Zeus, like, taking Ganymede. I remember being obsessed with this. Zeus and Ganymede and Zeus, like, plucking this boy from earth bring him to olympus so he could be like the cup bearer i'm like see like this is even something that like like gay men of a certain age or wealth or or, or like or gay men gay men of a certain like class do now like they'll just like pick out a boy and then have them live in their house this is this is a current phenomenon it's crazy that you're saying this because um Uh, Like over a year ago, I was commissioned to write an erotica by a big company that I won't name. And they ended up flaking on me. But I literally wrote an adaptation of Zeus and Ganymede in the modern day. And it was about like a daddy that owns a club and like usurps like a bottle service boy. You know what I mean? It like it it gives that like it's it's it is, as I said, it gives that it gives uh, Zeus and Ganymede. But it's timeless. This movie was called A Star is Born. Yeah. I it's know that timeless. <laughs> yeah. That's why they remake it every 30 years. Yeah. But that, I mean, from there, I like, I, I grew to love Greek mythology. I think I really fell in love with like the, the world building or the world built that is yes. Greek myths. And I think a lot of stories that I love now have those like that intricate, like architecture of all these different gods and goddesses that are entwined in some way. And like, I think that was something that I always responded to. And also I think the Disney's Hercules came out around the time that I was like seven or eight. And that was super formative and is also so gay, you know, Who puts the gl- so gladiator. gladiator. Hercules. So good. What a good soundtrack. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I I mean, obviously I was horny for Hercules. Like who wasn't? Like the, the quintessential, like Los Feliz, like twonk. But like, I feel like <laughs> there was like, so, I don't know. I, I just, I, I loved that as like a, I loved all of the mythology surrounding it. And therefore obviously fell in love with that movie. And right. yeah, I don't know. It's very formative to like the work I like now. Isn't it a shame that James Woods is one of the best Disney villains as Hades and yet is like full on cuckoo, crazy, insane person. Like, oh God, he's Hades is so good. Yeah. Hades is great. Love a queen. Love a queenie villain. 
queenie villain. I mean, you're like, going to love Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. That was like maybe like peeling through those and like, you know, horny young adult fiction in the library and all the different stuff. Checking out like a- exiting my cultural vacuum and like checking out things that would have ev- eventually corrupt me like um uh hotel paper by yes. michelle branch ah! or um uh Des- destiny fulfilled like these things that i wasn't allowed to like yes. like you know consume but could you don't think the baptist church would have approved of destiny fulfilled <laughs> nah. can which, you keep which, up? which track do you think upset them the most if you such you will never find another love like my love, you're gonna miss me. I fucking love Destiny Fulfilled, and I believe Baptists should listen closer. You know, when I think about like the Destiny's Child of it all, I do think my you know Christian upbringing would have loved Nasty, which is a slut shaming anthem, and I you know must respect. It, I mean, know? we have to remember that Destiny's Child famously were not going to compromise their Christianity. No. Okay. Because their mama taught them better than that. No, their mama taught them better than that. Absolutely. But I'm pretty sure that was like one of the first pieces of like secular music I I ever listened to. Like I'd only been listening to like Reliant So K. Cater Cater to You really sort of talks to your formative <laughs> culture because yeah. you're you're thinking of, you know, the boy servicing. Yeah. But when I bonded over this, because we both used to be switchfoot heads and then Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I think all three of us were switchfoot heads, weren't you we? You were a switchfoot head? I mean only during all oh, you to move. Yeah, of course. Come on now. Christian rock. Christian rock, baby. I mean, oh my god, 24. We we've talked about 24, right? 24. The song tw- <laughs> 24. I sent it to my I sent the lyrics of that song to my pastor. And he was like, let's break it down. Like, what do you what like, do you know about, you know, wrestling the angel? Like what this is, what this lyric is in reference to? And like, he really like, I, I, it blew my mind genuinely to be like, wow, Switchfoot is the most genius music that's ever been written. I, I truly was like pastor pilled with Switchfoot. Did you have like weird, I'm only, I'm not, maybe I'm projecting, but did you have like weird relationships with your pastors, pastors, youth pastors? Figures? No, I, I didn't. He, his name was Pastor Paul. He was a lovely man. He was the white pastor at this like all Chinese church in Denver. And you know, he he was just so, everyone at my church was great. Like no one was like <laughs> no one was like, oh, like a suspicious. Everyone at my church was great. <laughs> they really so were. Gracious. That's so gracious. <laughs> I will say something like there was this pipeline from, you know. There was this pipeline from like the diaspora Asian pockets in Denver and in most parts of the country, I would say, where you would sort of like as like a millennial growing up in these places, the only cool place to find cool Asians was at church. I I will say at youth group. At youth group, like you would like you would like go to Chinese school or Korean school or Japanese school or uh, on Sunday. But then, like, the real, like, everyone there was just, like, too square or whatever. And, like, the parents were always there watching over you. But, like, where it was at was at youth group Friday nights at the church. It was just the teens playing guitar, like, doing, like, youth group shit. And it was, like, kind of, it was, like, the shiny, shimmery thing for me growing up. I was such, like, a loser, loser in high school that I I very relate to, like, church was, like, one of the first places that I was, like, I belong. Like, people, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. people like me. Like, this uh-huh. is, like, am I even popular here? I wasn't. Yeah. But, like, uh-huh. it's, you know, you, you get the, 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 the kind of, I don't know, 
you feel like you belong yes. to something. Um, yeah, which the, which God bless, like so to speak, like God bless that we had that. Yeah, back then. Yeah, even though it, it came in this like somewhat insidious form. I don't know, Matt. What are you, what are you laughing? <laughs> Matt's chuckling because Bowen Yang on this episode is the coolest people ever are at church. God bless. <laughs> God That's like bless. His, <laughs> I'm saying uh, the coolest people in my life at that time were at church. I'm teasing you. I know what it you're was, saying. It was so true. I mean, I I literally did not learn how to play the acoustic guitar for any other reason than to be a youth pastor, which was to me the coolest job you could have. Period. Like, there was nothing else in my imagination <laughs> that Period. could be cooler. Period. <laughs> Period. That's, a rule, that's a rule. That's rule of culture number 92. There is no, there is no cooler, cooler job, job than youth, youth pastor. pastor. Period. Period. Can you still play acoustic? No, but the, the I will, I will, you know, say that the first song I did learn how to play was Good Riddance by Green Day. <gasps> okay, Bowen, did you ever pick up a guitar in high school and like try to teach yourself how to play? Nah, I was like, this ain't for me. I and did. I, I just, yeah. And how far did you, did you my get mom, into it? One, one year for Christmas, my mom and dad had gotten me an acoustic guitar. And my mom looked at me and she said, I just figured it was time. <gasps> and I was like, you're right. <laughs> I took my acoustic guitar up to my bedroom and I YouTube searched how to play Taylor Swift Begin Again. <gasps> Wait, what year was this? 2000... Because Begin Again came out 2012. Right, so this was when I was in college then or maybe just out of college. I mean, learning how to play the acoustic guitar is something of like a rite of passage, you know, for young white men. Did I say it was high school? I I think I asked, did you ever pick up an acoustic guitar in high school? In high school, so it wasn't high school. Mine was when I was like, because I think it was after I discovered like, you know, the music in our comedy ballon, oh. like whatever. And then I was becoming more musical in my 20s. And my mom was like, well, I'm getting him an acoustic guitar. I just That's could beautiful. never. Yeah, no, me no, too. No, no, me no, too. No. no. <laughs> well, me too. I mean, it's it's never too late to pick it back up, Matt. Listen. No, baby, baby Matt was certainly not um, like a picking acoustic guitar. Definitely not at church. More doing cool stuff like football games. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, doing football, doing cool stuff. Yeah, a little, yeah. Bit, little bit of, uh, you know, nose nose drugs and, uh, you know. <laughs> in high school? Fresh off the slopes, you know. Oh, God. No, I'm like, kidding. I'm kidding. Never in my life. I was a theater kid, but I, I wasn't. I was too scared to like partake in like drug or alcohol use at like cast parties, which were frequent. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, people don't realize like the cast parties went in, but I wasn't, oh, yeah. I wasn't at them. I was like, yeah you were you know playing football i was playing football no i no i i went to like um i did go to football parties where there was a lot of alcohol use but i didn't meet anyone that like smoked weed or did any drugs until i got to college not me really it was like i think my town was like midwestern enough where it was like just generally looked down upon to like it was like part of i think it was in dare culture you know, oh, we had a lot time. of like anti-drug propaganda at that time in high school. So, God, yeah, remember all... Dare? Do you yeah. remember Dare? Dr- what, what is it? Uh, drugs and alcohol resistance education, which literally made drugs worse for kids, apparently, didn't it, or something yeah. like that? I think I've seen some sort of association. Yeah, I haven't verified this fact at all, but basically, it was like you know, a why euphoria happened is like kind of how I see it. I just remember we would get like, do you guys remember that we would get like a sheet of paper and it would just be, it would say three words. It would say marijuana, cocaine, heroin. And it would be a picture of a blunt, a picture of like cocaine, and then like an injectable. 
And it th- basically what it made us think was like, these are the three drugs. <laughs> And they're all See. equally bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's what happens to you if you smoke. Your brain turns off forever. If you do cocaine, you get addicted and you become crazy. And if you do heroin, you're dead. <laughs> and all three of these things are equal, equally bad. And then they were like, and alcohol is also a drug. Yeah. Look, they were right. They were it right. Was just, it was fear-based education that did not work. In right. our health class, every student had to give a presentation on a specific drug. They were group projects, actually. But my, the drug I had to give a presentation on was ecstasy. And <laughs> it made me want to, to do, do ecstasy. It. Can I, I tell like, you mine? Can I tell yeah. you mine? Because we did, we did something similar. LSD. Uh, and yeah. who is dropping acid once every two years as like... I'm, I, haven't, I actually haven't done it in like three. Well, I, I'm, I'm now's the time. time. I love LSD. <laughs> I actually have never done acid. I'm oh, scared. I think you'd enjoy it deeply. Fran, Fran and scared? I, Fran, can, can we share that we've 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 done shrooms together? Yes, that was such a that, and that was a lovely experience. night. This was like a couple years ago. This is me, Justin, and Fran, Justin, we, and <sighs> we just and Justin made dinner. Oh, that's so it was sweet! A beautiful dinner, and we giggled. It at was the stupidest things. It was um, really wonderful. Yeah, but I haven't done acid because I'm kind of scared about what I might realize about it myself. Did you? Did either You're of you fine. have like transcendent no. realizations, existential crises? Or I think anything? the first time that we did it, we had like a breakthrough. Yes, but but every- nothing stuck. Nothing stuck mm. on acid. Like I have not. Like I'm not a fundamentally different person for having done it. Mm. I don't know if that's like helpful to hear, but like you won't realize something that's so deeply upsetting that you will be like a a scarred version of yourself afterwards. Yeah, okay, good to it, know. It, it did shift things for me, like emotionally at the time when I needed it. Like I remember the first time I ever did it, I really went in with the mission of like because that's what they tell you, like going with like a mission, and I was like, I'm gonna figure out what it is I need emotionally from my ex that I'm that I'm not allowing myself to get like I really want to leave this like being over my ex and then I remember it was really weird like it was like a half hour into the trip literally right away and I realized while I was drawing this like truly stupid picture of like a fish that was a bird I was like (laughs) oh all I want is for him to always care about me and I texted him and I was like, I just want to, I just want to know that you'll always still care. And he's like, I will always care about you. And I was like, okay, then I'm good. And I remember I moved on. And then Bowen and I had a moment that we needed to have. Yes. And that was also important. And then every other time I've done LSD since, it's just been like, so I can yeah. giggle. I love yeah. it. I, 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 I laugh harder than ever. I am kind of looking for realizations. That sounds very get nice to me. You'll, You'll get, get them. You'll get You'll them get for it. sure. For sure. Love. I really wish people weren't like weird and afraid of it. Well, like, I've been thinking just... about doing ayahuasca, but I'm scared. No. That you freaks you? You're like, me. That one yeah. makes me nervous. Yeah. But I, I have like, unfortunately, I'm in so much woo-woo culture that like all my friends are like, oh my God, I do ayahuasca like once a month. It's so great. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I need to have like a, you know, can I ask, does Chani do it? Oh my God. Um, well, you know, Chani talks about this in her book. She she grew up in an environment where, you know, she was surrounded by a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol yeah. use. So 
right now she like is completely moved on from that life. Okay, great. But great. she told me specifically that if I'm gonna do ayahuasca, that it's you have to do it at the time that you're ready. Got you know, it. you don't just do it to have a fun time. You're right. as you're saying, you know, you're you're going with something of a, a mission. You know, have an intention. Yeah, like I feel like that's the thing with ayahuasca is it feels so intense that it can't be this just like cool boutique liberal thing to do. It's like to go do ayahuasca. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you really have to be sort of like needing it. And I, I don't need it. And you also have to invest in doing it like somewhat ethically. Otherwise, you're going to end up with like a white shaman like on last yes. episode of Salt Lake City, um, <laughs> but, which was kind of wild. But like, what yeah, was I, her name? Batunda? Uh, Bettina. I Googled it. <laughs> Bettina. Bettina. <laughs> That's Queen. a great name. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. I went to her website. I, I looked up her, her resort. Um, I love when they were beating the drum and like, Lisa, <laughs> like the white woman names like Whitney. Heather, <laughs> Meredith. For them to do like a healing drumline in this season and then last season to have <laughs> healing drumline. Yeah. And then like last season was basically like a the, the, the penultimate episode was like a transformative justice circle. Like these women are like really want to like, you know, have the moment. They want yes, to like yes. talk about it. Um, but Jen just doesn't possess like any of the anything to do it. She's one of the scariest women on television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't really need like that kind of transcendent drug experience. To me, honestly, like s- s- when I when I do too much weed, um, honestly, <laughs> I, I'm texting my ex to asking him to love me. So that, oh, that, that, yeah. that's like enough for me. You know, that that's the thing is is uh, I I wonder sometimes like if I'm gonna learn the wrong things from it or like you know that because it also is it is a lot to do with people you're surrounded by yeah say that weed or or, or LSD about, no oh, LSD. yeah 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 I I figured yeah it's it's about the environment who you're doing with it do you, did you need like a chaperone or like a uh, someone to kind of watch over you. We, I, the first time I did it, I had one and he, and it was very essential that he was there. Um, when we, when Matt and I did it together, we did not have, oh no, we did we have did. one. We did. It, it is, I, I would say the first time you do it, you should have someone who is there to just like guide it, but not in like a shamanic capacity. Like someone who's just like either like being DD basically and mm. just being like, I'm just making sure we're all alive at the end of this. Um, which is scary than it sounds or not as scary as it sounds. Um, like I think it's just helpful to like have someone who's done it before at the very least. Yeah. Everyone's always like, um, like I'm always <laughs> whatever. Everyone's always like, oh no, this isn't this kind of drug where you get really horny. It's not, it's not, it's not. Every time I do it, I get so fucking horny. <laughs> the kind of thing where it's like, it doesn't matter who I'm around. We oh, fucking no. like, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. so I have to sort of be careful. Like, like I I I don't know. Like, I'm very sensitive to that stuff and like it doesn't matter what it is now. I just get so fucking horny on it that I don't want to be like horned up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and and then like be in that sort of state and be all fucked up and horny. You know what I mean? I'm just on a baseline horny. Just yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't even want to know what happens when it's escalated. I, That's kind of how I am too. Like, I don't know what's happened to me the other day, you guys. The other day I jacked off six times. That is some seventh grade level. That like, was, that, I don't off. know what it was. I think it was like I had co- I like I, I was sitting around. I was just like nothing was going on. I was just like, well, I'm not hooking up with anyone anytime soon. And I just Hold went absolutely on. to town. 
I did that too when I had COVID. Yeah. There was one night where I just, I literally masturbated six times. And I'm sorry to say, readers, by the sixth, nothing was coming nothing out. Nothing was coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, dribbles. I don't think, I don't think anything was Not even come dribbles. out for a couple days. Not no. even dribbles. Air. Just a, just a, Air a dry, pockets. A dry heave. A dry <laughs> Like, I thought, I thought it, was, it truly was like, it was like, it was like when a baby dragon tries to cough fire. <laughs> yes. Like, like, oh, little guy, one day you'll get it when you grow up to a big dragon. It's yeah. Like, it's, like, yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like figment. You know, figment, the Disney figment. creature. Figment. Look. By the way, did you hear this controversy about figment? What's this controversy? Mm-hmm. Fran, how versed in Disney do you become? Um, I mean, I don't know what figment is. You still, think- let's, let's just say you you're, you don't know about the controversies. Okay. There was there was a seven hour wait at Epcot oh. for a, for a popcorn stand that was selling figment popcorn. <laughs> what? And you don't even know who Figment is. Imagine seven hours worth of people who do know. Figment and they popcorn. decided to spend their day because they want a Figment popcorn bucket. Why is why did it sell out so quickly? I think that's just that's just the way Disney kind of is. I don't like that anymore. I, that might be I don't think so honey worthy, but not not on this episode. But you know, I, I I could poo-poo it, but also, like, I went to Universal Studios for the same time, which I know is not, you know, Disney IP, but, like, I I was in the... I didn't think I was going to drink the juice, and then I was in the world and, you know, obsessed. I, I, yeah, I, of which which particular land really struck you? Well, you know... Because we're, we're, we're a Universal family. You can, we're you can NBC say... We're Universal, we're Peacock, we're, you, we're Universal. You can say Hogwarts. Uh, you yeah, can say it. I mean, Hogwarts was our fave. Rose and I joked that we were going to go in <laughs> and... We, <laughs> We we were gonna wear you know Groucho Marx like disguises so that no one would recognize us in this like kind of transphobic whatever. Anyway, but it was amazing. Um, I will say we got there um early on accident. Rose was very adamant about being there. You know, right when the park opened, I've, I'm fucking obsessed with Rose. Rose is so like my sister. Rose gets spiritual it. cellular level to get there when the park opens is so my culture. Well, I well yes, a, a culture that honestly I I'm learning in public about. I, I yeah, you're Bowen. You calling you're, me you're, in. You're you're yes. more you're, you're more than Bowen. me. Yeah, because when, when I arrived, I was like, you know, we arrived and I was like, oh my god, it's the park isn't even open yet. And like Rose and Ash turned to me, they were like, um, sometimes they open the park 15 minutes early as like a surprise to the guests, and I was like. How how do you? And sure enough, they opened it like five or ten minutes early, and and they made the this crowd of hundreds of people chant like count down to yeah. the opening of. It was a <laughs> not even on a special day. And it's just like a Tuesday a, morning, a and they're like yeah. ten, nine, <laughs> eight. All right, let's go do Despicable Me. It's like and okay, and I'm not, and I'm not like a wake and bake girl, but like I waked and and baked. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. of course, we're going to go sober. So when they were counting down, I'm like having a euphoric experience. I'm like yeah. out of a projectile from my body, <laughs> like just like this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. See, I want I want to say like no one has ever really had a good experience if they haven't gone with me. But I think because you went with no. us, you probably killed it. I would love love to go to Universal Studios or does any Disney park at literally any time. I have a car now. I I, I love just I will say yes to that's honestly something about having expendable income as well as a car is I become the target demographic for literally any any product any, any theme park anything any exter- exactly. When Bowen comes to LA next, we will go. Okay. Sounds great. It's decreed. Should I do an Orlando birthday one year? <gasps> you are so sick to dangle that in front of me, knowing that you're probably not going to do it. You're cruel. You have I'm a cruel not, streak. I'm not, not going to do it. You have a really it. mean streak. 
I and you've been you know, you've actually been messing with me from the beginning of the That's episode. That's not true. I didn't forget about when you said I wasn't what? as good at vomiting on camera as SJP. I didn't forget about that. You're <sighs> can you at least just admit that you that like she has more experience with that and so therefore she knows how to control her own trap door as Fran says? <laughs> Fine, I'll admit it. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think that we have sort of stumbled upon the part of the episode of Las Culturistas, which is called I Don't Think So, Honey. Don't you think, Bo? I think so. I think so. This is where we take one minute to rail against something in culture. Um, Fran is very experienced. Oh, yeah. Very, very. (sighs) Not, um, Not a virgin. No. Not a virgin. Like, not a virgin. The last time I did I Don't Think So, Honey, I got in trouble. 
I got in trouble a little bit. Did you did you all see the ramifications of my I don't think so, honey, by any chance? Did, Can you break it down for the readers? Well, did someone named and <laughs> and Tortorella? I mean, I don't have any problem. Basically, it was like um, I mean, in, oh, in my I don't think so, no. honey, I I dragged the the Query Fab Five for a specific reason. It was like right when the the reboot was coming out. Speaking of reboots, and I did call Nico Tortorella the Rachel Dolezal of the <laughs> queer community, which was then added to Nico's Wikipedia page. <laughs> and what? Yes, it was added to Nico's Wikipedia page. Here am I here I am thinking, no, as a podcaster, I was like, no one listens to podcasts. I can yeah. say this. I was here like, we are oh, thinking, I don't think somebody's just saying space. And there's oh, so no. many. I was like, it'll be fine. It was later taken off, which means like they, you know, I just want to, you know, clarify that I don't want to be gatekeepy with non-binary people. I don't despise Nico Tortorello because they're non-binary. I despise Nico Tortorello because <laughs> they are a, a legitimately bad person. And most people in the industry, as someone who Thank worked you. in queer media for so long, find them, you know, bad and annoying. So there you go. Now we said it. Thank you for cl- now we said it. <laughs> to have Camille Grammer be dragged into this. <laughs> I I had to. I just I, once you said I don't think so, honey, I had a, a trauma response and I no, I, I was like, I, How I understand. No. And I actually, have to I'm say that we we forget that people do in fact listen to podcasts. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, against all odds, we get on here assuming that not a soul is gonna hear <laughs> not it. Not me, but. not Rose. <laughs> not Can't any Rose. of the thoughts. We don't Can't listen be to us. podcasts. No, no, no. Um, but I do I do have a topic. Okay, this is Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Bussy. I don't think so, honey. Bussy. Oh. I don't think so, honey. Um, usage of the word bussy during sex, mostly. Oh. Um, for example, like when you're in the middle of the act and someone says, yeah, yeah, like pound my bussy. This to me takes me out of it. Um, so bussy, it's a boy pussy. <laughs> Um, or a butt <laughs> pussy. Either way, I don't think seconds. so, honey. For me, and and when when people sort of say the word, you can't just be like pussy. It's always pussy. You know what I mean? It's oh. always got like sort of a sort of um an energy behind it. That's very. I don't think so, honey. To me, fifteen um, seconds. I just think like maybe with this. Maybe there's something else. You know? Maybe maybe there's maybe there's fuck my ass. Maybe there's asshole. <laughs> You know what I mean? Maybe something a little bit more palatable Five than second. Bussy. I don't think so, honey. Bussy. <laughs> and no. that's one minute. <laughs> okay. You're coming in being like, have we considered ass? <laughs> have we considered pound my ass? I, I just, just want to offer like, something. There's. I would rather say fuck my butt than bussy. I mean, like, bussy to me is just like, I don't know. Like, I I feel like we're in a weird place with the word pussy. Why bussy? Bussy? Can I try, can I present a theory as to mm-hmm. why it's, because I agree with you. Like, I don't, it, it takes I me out of it. Something if, about it doesn't sit right with me. So theory. it's, bussy to me is like an internet word. Yeah. Yeah. And someone tweeted, do, do, you, do you either of you remember this tweet? It was something to the effect of, like some gay person tweeted, I was, I was getting fucked by this guy. And then he said, I'm about to come on period. <laughs> period. I'm about to come, about to come on, on period. period. <laughs> like, that's what, 
that's what pussy during sex, I guess, it reminds me of is that like it's so jarring to hear like internet, internet lingo being like, like in the thrown in. Oh my god, I'm about to come like period to, to think to think of you at your most primal when you're like, oh yeah, on period and like. And, this is like my Uvi. My <laughs> coming from my Uvi right now. Period. Period. OMFG. Literally Honestly, coming. It's, it's reminding me of this one time. I um like <laughs> this is like a a few months into quarantine. This is ages. This is right when we started to not be scared of having sex with people. Right. And I topped this twink who like could like had told me. Luckily, after we had sex, that he bought like seven copies of Chromatica to support album sales. <laughs> and, and this is like, the best that is album I've ever, but it, I've ever it, heard of. It was, this, it was the same where I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm like, this is kind of taking me out of the experience. Yeah. Yes. Period. The experience, period. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. It's just a thing of... <sighs> It, you know what happened? It was during my marathon day the other day, my sixth time extravaganza. And you were <laughs> and watching I, a, a I porno literally, video? I just, I just, I was watching a pornographic video on mm-hmm. the site OnlyFans.com. You were using a, a, a little sex toy and watching Shay Diaz Instagram stories <laughs> like Miranda. Yeah, I was watching it just like that. And it was the scene where um, Shay Diaz is kissing Miranda's nipples saying, I'm really good at sex. And I was like, I have to come on period. <laughs> I, I basically had to come on period when I saw that. Um, no, it was Sorry. like, I was watching, I was watching OnlyFans, like, you know, sort of getting my life. And I found this one site. Um, is, is it, is it proper now in the, in the days, like in the, in this currently time, like if you are a huge fan, should I say who it was? Yeah. Who, who was the only His fan? name was, his name is Drew James and he's unreal. I think he's incredible. I think I'm in like a very bottomy mood right now. And so mm. he was like, he's like definitely like sort of like one of those like quiet, intense tops. And he like makes direct eye contact with the camera when he's fucking and not his partner, which I think is the best. I think it's so funny that like his partner is like, <laughs> <laughs> just de- looking dead like, in the eyes. His partner might as well be off screen because he is making direct eye contact with the camera, like communicating with you the viewer mm. I loved it so while I'm having this moment with him and sort of you know sniffing my poppers and like going to town on myself during during my COVID um, <laughs> sorry coronavirus um, the the bottom goes you're gonna make my bussy <laughs> pop or something like bussy oh fuck my bussy and he's going bussy 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 and I'm just like well you know when you sniff poppers and in the middle of it something throws you off and like then you're just like feel weird and stupid and like like not horny yeah. anymore. You're like distracted. So I'm like I'm like pathetic. Have my dick in hand. COVID positive. Like stroking. Corona like, positive. C- coronavirus positive. <laughs> like now I hear the word bussy and then I like leave my body. I look at myself from above and I'm like I'm pathetic. And I just oh, it was the no. word bussy that did it. The word really? bussy threw me in the gutter emotionally and I was like oh my god. And then I like you know you know like figment poof came and then like rolled out of bed and watched more <laughs> Teresa Judice. Not a figment. <laughs> I mean. Figment. I- <laughs> I, 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 the, the, this porn actor kind of looking directly at camera, you got to give her props for cheating out. Okay. Yeah. He's so, oh. this guy is so fucking hot. And also, you know what's crazy? Like the other day, I saw one of my favorite OnlyFans people at the Grove. Oh, that's amazing. And wow. I was like, I, I was like, do I go up and say I'm a fan? Like, 
No. I, it was weird. You can't do that with only. Can you? I mean, no. you could. But yes, I, you could. I feel like I would not. I feel like it would destroy my experience because I don't think I need to know a lot of the porn actors that I might subscribe to and only right. but i but i relate to like this like coming out like i re- i was watching something recent i was trying to find porns from a specific porn actor and i came across a fourth of july themed one where um uh, they were playing ping pong with their dicks not as a joke in earnest trying to hit ping pong balls with their erect penises i think i've seen this okay and then there's another <laughs> scene where there's like a platter of like hot dogs and buns because it's 4th of July. And you know that <laughs> thing where it's like they're having sex and a third person enters and the third person yeah. is like, you know, pretends not to notice that they're having sex somehow. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, in this one, <laughs> one of the guys had his erect dick in a hot dog bun on this platter of hot dogs. And the other guy was squirting ketchup onto his hot dog dick and about to eat it when the third person entered the room and pretended not to notice that this guy's dick was in a hot dog and then like left. It was it was performance art. I it love is, acting. That is, I was going to say that is performance. I love yeah, acting. My theater. favorite too is like in an OnlyFans, like when, when you see like a clip of them just before they fuck or just after and they forget to turn off the camera and you hear them like talk like fags and they're like, <laughs> wait, you know who I think is underrated? Emma Roberts. It's just like, <laughs> no, when they're just talking they like, don't say that. Literally, I'm, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but like literally it's like <laughs> they'll have stopped fucking and then they'll like, be like, oh yeah, that was fucking slay. Yeah, so absolutely the house down jacket? boots. Like, oh my God. God, I'm so happy for Melanie Linsky. Like, she really <laughs> deserved this. Melanie Linsky deserves. And then they turn the yeah. camera off after you just watch them, like, like truly, like, get so carnal with each other that you yeah. feel you're there. And then they're like, mm, Melanie Linsky deserves. Yeah, camera on, gaping holes. Camera yeah. off. Jennifer Coolidge, all of the awards. You know what I mean? Like- literally, literally the, other, the other day I was watching one, and I think it was like, I, they were listening. They were watching like the Carrie Diaries in the background. I'm not even kidding you. It was like a CW show that was like really no. bad. <laughs> and like you just see them fucking, and it's like usually they have like no music on or like a fuck playlist on, but this was like ambient TV no. noise, and it was like I forget what show it was, but it was truly like it was Rachel Bilson vibes. Actually, one time, and it's the only time I've ever tweeted from my porn alt. One time I saw. I probably shouldn't even say this, but whatever. One time I saw. A porn, and they were fucking to Linda Ronstadt's cover of <laughs> Both Sides Now. And I literally, I could not resist. I was like, how, why are you having sex to Linda Ronstadt's cover of Both Sides Now? I actually, it might, but it was a song like that. I'm pretty sure it was that song. Anyways, what were you That's about to incredible. say, Bo? Sorry. I, one of my favorite videos on OF.com mm. is of a Masseur who likes to put on music during his sessions. And he happens to have one of the most gorgeous men ever to live. And they end up fucking on this massage table. But the music that's playing off of like a YouTube compilation in the background is Ed Sheeran's greatest hits. (laughs) And it is deeply, it is an obstacle that you have to just, you you, you just have to like transcend and be like, "I, I will, I will tolerate this. And embrace it actually, you and enjoy look it. Look, I I can tonight. relate. I have fucked a guy that loved EDM, and we had to have sex to that. Look, it, it's it's a lot. 
you have to I commend you, know, you. EDM is one thing though like I feel like like it's it's weird like sometimes when when I'm having sex and like it, like my playlist will run out cause that's how long I can go <laughs> um like it will go to a song and I will have to stop sex if a song is weird like I'll start oh, laughing yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I can't I, I, I can't pretend I do not see slash hear it. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm 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 like, I can't possibly stay in this if fucking, you know, the, the like rainbow connection comes on. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not doing it. No, but it's fair. You not that it would <laughs> ruins the ambiance. Because, of course, when I'm fucking, I listen to Kermit the Frog Rainbow Connection radio. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, Ed Sheeran. Crank it yeah. up. Ed Sheeran. But you know who has a really sexy Rainbow Connection cover? Who? Unfortunately, Bicon, Jason Mraz. Oh, wow. Is, is, is Jason Mraz a Bicon? He's kind of like, kind of very lightly, in a very classy way. Has the been fedo- like, yeah. The fedoras. The fedoras. That's, that's bi culture. And he's a vegan. A raw foodist, actually. There you go. Like, I think a couple of years ago, like without much like uh, fanfare, he was just kind of like, yeah, like I've had, I've had sex with men. Well, and he did I'll it say. before it was cool. I'll True. say this to you, Jason Mraz, the remedy is the experience. <laughs> okay. And maybe you and I both should fuck. I'm horny. I'm horny You're horny again. for Jason Mraz. Jason for Mraz, Andrew Garfield, Che. Che. <laughs> The Holy Trinity. <laughs> Bowen Yang, it is time for your I don't think so, honey. Do you have something on today? I do. It's a little I feel very strongly, and I hope you guys agree, but this is how I feel. Okay. About this subject. Uh this is Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Putting Miss Juju B into another different iteration of RuPaul's drag race. Uh, Juju B is in RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world, the sort of international as promised version of like an all stars esque show like crossover that we were going to have. Yeah, it's a, a stellar lineup. You've got Monique Hart, you've got Jimbo, you've got um, Lemon, you've got uh, Bag of Chips, you've got Blue Hydrangea, Cheryl Hole. Juju B has been through this enough, and she has been slighted seconds. too many times. I cannot, will not be able to stomach seeing her possibly leaving before top three, top four, whatever. And if she doesn't win, then that's even, that's another like edging scenario where I'm like, just give her the fucking win so that all of us can celebrate. 15 on, seconds. On, 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 on the community's behalf, the community wants to see Juju B win. And the possibility that she might not is Five more seconds. than I can process at this point. <laughs> she need, It needs to be a guaranteed win or else I don't know if I'll be able to watch her fail and that's one minute thoughts on jujubee's participation in rupaul's drag race uk versus the versus world, the world. I, I have well, no idea why it's called. did y'all see queen queen of the universe no i've i've heard jolkin booster loves it and and i i've heard great things i heard trixie's hilarious on it a trick i think the judges panel is sublime i think love leona lewis vanessa <gasps> williams come on trixie and Miss Michelle Visage. And Ms. B- 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 they give every pocket of what you want from a judge's panel. Love None it. of the singing is good. <laughs> I don't okay. think. But that's not what the show is about. You know, right. it's about the judge's panel. But Juju B is a contestant on she's Queen of the Universe. Been, she's, she's put herself. I mean, I think she probably enjoys it. She enjoys yeah. competing in these yeah. scenarios. But. I've got to. I can't watch her lose again if that's what we're getting. It's 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 disappointing because she is a winner. She is she one des- of the best to ever do it. Every time she has everything it takes 
to win. And it's just like, because of another slightly better winner that she yes. might call shorter, whatever. And it's like, it's it's hard to watch. Yeah. It's it's, it's painful. It's I can watch her lose again because it means you're going to watch her. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if she's not on television, she's not on television. Yeah. Like I, I think she knows the value of appearing and yeah. she does that so well every time. So I'm good with it. Also, she she signs up for it. Yeah, she does. I know. I'm just... I am too emotionally. Jujubee was like my first, like, fa- like season two was my first. Season. I remember I was there. I think we used to watch it like at the well, same we, house. Well, well, Matt and I would be like, oh my God, you're Raven. I'm Jujubee. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> like, we're besties. But like, th- I just. All Stars 5 was very hard. I mean, Shea Coulee, one of the best contestants ever, rightful winner. But there was something I, I had to really mourn about Jujubee losing. Especially in that season when she was... And I remember when, when they announced Shay as the winner, Jujubee was off social media for, like, weeks. Mm. And you could tell that she did not take it. That she, like, had to, like, take some time away from socials and, like, really, like... And I was... And I felt for her. Ooh, I just... there's There, there are a few people in, like, the media landscape I love more than Jujubee. Anyway. I guess, like, for, for me, it's, like, if I'm Jujubee and I'm very aware of the drag race, you know, fandom. I'm very aware of how the seasons have gone. I'm going into All-Stars knowing I'm not the anointed winner. Like, Shea Coulee was the anointed winner of that season. It mm-hmm. felt like Trixie Mattel was the anointed winner of that season. Yeah. In so many ways, Kylie Sonique felt like an anointed yeah, winner of that bit. show from the beginning. Yeah. So it almost feels to me like I'm not watching All-Stars and thinking well, let me really invest in who wins this. It's more about the experience of watching it because to me, All-Stars and the winning of All-Stars is not Drag Race and the winning of a regular season I of Drag guess. Race. Mm, like, Jujubee did not win. Like, and, and so, and she has not won so many times. And that's part of her legacy now. So she, I don't know, I guess she shouldn't expect to win. Hmm. God, if she did win, it would be very gratifying because it it's would be. been so many times. She's definitely a fave of mine as well. But yeah. Love Juju B. But who out of this cast do you think is the anointed winner? Because doesn't it feel like it should be someone from the UK? Either Juju B or maybe like Baga Chips. Yeah. I love Baga. Baga so lost me in her like kind of final moments. She kind of did what Alaska did in All Stars and like she had like such a great kind of like record and then all of a sudden she like spiraled about I think it was her mom or something Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. and it was she like exhibited such ugly behavior that I was like I don't want you to win any I did want Alaska to win that season obviously it's like a perfect season and she's a perfect winner but she did like spin out and that's a reason why I didn't like that interesting interesting but but We'll see. I mean, I'll I'll watch it. It's premiering in like two weeks. Like at the same time. I mean, there's we're we're, we're reaching saturation once again. But oh, it's it, oh, it, is it going to be on Fridays too? Are we about to have like a a, a weekly state sanctioned four and a half hours of Drag Race? <laughs> Get this state sanctioned. <laughs> it's um. There's two state sanctioned things in this country: violence and Drag Race. <laughs> um. It's we, we it's February first. So it's Tuesdays. That's interesting. So February 1st is also when something else premieres. Oh, New Jersey, new season of New Jersey. <laughs> Maybe I should So I know up. what I'll be watching. <laughs> I had to. Oh that God. other drag show. So uh, the, I get into Housewife seasons better when it's airing. That's concurrent. how I did Potomac. Yes, yeah. yes. Same. 
So maybe I'll do that with Jersey. I'm a binger. I'm a binger, babe. Love that. Love that for you. Fran well, Torado, do you have an I don't think so, honey? It's time. I do. I do. Okay. It's hot, hot off my mind. Hot off of Fran's mind. I can't wait to hear this. Matt, you well, want time? Yes, I do. This is Fran Torado's I don't think so, honey. Time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Raya? Okay, <laughs> I cannot believe I've been duped yet again into downloading uh, this insidious, elitist-ass pyramid scheme of yes. a dating app, okay? We do not know. Listen, no one uses this app to meet people, okay? Do not patronize me. We come here to validate ourselves for $9.99 a month. Oh my God, I forget a Tech bro tyranny, okay? And for what? Occasionally <sighs> matching me with like a hot guy in Lisbon, Toronto. <laughs> okay, the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Okay, it has done nothing for my dating life. It has sent me the same 15 Insta-famous people over and over again. Yes. And it's like, to have the audacity to say, oh, we don't have seconds. any profiles anymore because we're fostering a community. You should foster some fucking self-respect because <laughs> you don't even say deserve that. to have the same name as Raya the Dragon, who is a superior Raya in every way. Okay, you are t- fucking Tinder for class traders, and I don't think so, honey. Yeah, that's one minute. You're so right. Honestly, I, I, two things. I forgot it costs that much a month, and I have to delete it. I that's don't fucking delete grift. it. I'm deleting it. And also, when you scroll for even 45 seconds, and then they're out of people, I lose my mind. And they have a hundred thousand people on the wait list. Like, so I was just reading articles about this. Like, it's crazy. It, Bo and Yang was on the wait list for a really long time and it was unacceptable. it was well, unacceptable well I, I think like this is my this is my thing with the figment popcorn bucket of it all at Disney which is creating artificial scarcity is I don't think so honey that you know like that's that is the frustrating thing about Raya and yeah it's like why am I am I really gonna like hit heart on like someone from like a Coruña Spain like I don't like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with someone who who does live in Vancouver. Like it's like like what am I? Why why am I making all of this calculus in my head about like who I swipe right on? It's 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 so really crazy. Rough. It's so crazy. It's gross. It it really it. I I I mean, this is my second time downloading it. I feel like totally gaslit. I feel like. It's like, it's just like, it, it's so sexless. I don't know anybody who's met it is someone sexless. off of like, right. It's LinkedIn with Dua Lipa songs. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's, look what I'm doing right now. Removing up. She's Remo- deleting. Well, you have to unsubscribe. You have to get oh, your credit you card man- information out of there. See, and that's man- how they fucking get you. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. It is a, it is a pyramid. It is multi-level marketing. Because you have Absolutely. to refer each other and then you create the scarcity mentality. I have friends that are structurally hotter than me that have not been accepted to the app yet. It's crazy. I don't understand how it works or how like the moderation works. I feel like I've like swiped right on like Lil Nas like so many times and every time I feel like manic and pathetic. And it's like, why do have you, I know I could be banned probably for talking about celebrities on Raya, but I honestly hope I get banned because then I'll be free. No, they want you, they want us to have this conversation. It's percent. Exactly. I mean, I was just watching ContraPoint's video on Envy <gasps> per Rose's uh-huh. recommendation, and really it made good. me think about this specifically, which is... Mm-hmm. Oh my god, The en- I've, I've already talked about the Envy video, mm-hmm. but like that is like all of her themes woven, all the things she's talked about over the last several years woven into the same video, and it's a masterpiece. It is her masterpiece. She, I can't wait for her to make more, but like that yeah, is like she her... she really like, hasn't been on. 
well she 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 does like one she'll do like one video every six months or one every year mm. but they're all like they're always like two hours long yeah um oh she's a genius natalie okay um this was a really beautiful episode what can we say i Aww. mean other than it felt like it felt like if, and honestly, felt like an episode that we just do together. Like, we almost forgot to ask you the question because we were just shooting the damn shit. We were shooting the damn shit. We talked about Che. We talked about <laughs> Housewives, Spider-Man. There was Cafe Bustello accountability, <laughs> which is, I think, I think that was the most necessary part of this whole episode. It's the most important conversation we should be having today. Truly, actually. And I will lead that conversation next to a conversation <laughs> about Raya, for sure. <laughs> I'm I this is this is this is the thing we there's something for everyone okay thank you for having me it's been a long time coming we tried to do this in LA ages ago so oh my god it. yeah I'm, well you I'm got really... well, you all gotta listen to like a virgin but I have a feeling you probably already do everyone out there everyone. Probably already do. maybe and like if you virgin. don't if you don't then you should okay I heart siblings I heart sisters sisters <laughs> sister <laughs> you must listen to like a virgin is uh, are when are the thoughts coming back yeah uh, we are back yeah, yeah yeah we have um you know a very undedicated uh cadence <laughs> to the stream but yeah we we just recorded a bunch of episodes so they're coming out on sundays or tuesdays depending y'all on, y'all are very and yeah. just like that Y'all, no, I was going to say y'all are very Curb Your Enthusiasm. So true. Well, honestly, the, the reason we had to create Like a Virgin is because most of the thoughts don't consume contemporary culture. Because <laughs> I, And I just needed someone to <laughs> talk to about the thing. So, but we, had, we did talk about Salt Lake City um, quite a bit. Oh, everyone's all the thoughts watch Salt Lake? No, Den doesn't. So we still have oh, okay, to break okay, okay. her into it. But like, yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was an experience. Well, Den was Den was sort of you know the audience surrogate for anyone who hasn't watched. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Salt Lake City is sort of the Housewives franchise that broke through with like Bushwick. Actually, yeah. Actually, Does yeah. That make and sense? you would, you wouldn't think yes, but yes, you're right. You're it's right. It's because the women. Well, I don't know if this has much to do with, but but the women are like so. I would say it's maybe one of the more stable casts of. Housewives franchise because of, because of Whitney and Heather <laughs> somehow. Yes. I also think Meredith, even though she has so fallen from grace, is very stable. Yes, yes. You know, I think that there are a lot of there's a lot of grounding components to it that I think make it easier to watch or less polarizing. But it's it's just it is just like a really good gateway into into a lot of the other franchises, I yeah. believe. And one of the best, honestly, especially this I season. Agree. Especially this season. Now, Fran, before we go, um, you know that we end every episode with a song. We would like you to choose the song. <gasps> you would like me to choose the song? It yeah. can be any song. Uh, any song? Oh, my God. And we'll know it. <laughs> and you will know guaranteed, it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, Bowen and I are amazing. <laughs> I... There were a couple songs that were mentioned on this episode that we. Oh yeah, sing. why don't will you will you will you pick? I honestly, yes. I, I could never, I could never. It would, I would, it would be too presumptuous. Your fans would eat me alive if I picked a okay. song. That's Shirking responsibility. <laughs> Actually, yeah, very me. I looked at life from both sides, sides now. now. This church, this churchy way, but I want to sing it. From up and down and somehow. It's life's illusions I recall. I really don't know. 
There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.